We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, Lucky Lefty Podcast? The Anora Boys are definitely in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. Today, we're going to hear from Marcus Freeman. We're going to hear from Sam Hartman and his comments. And then I think we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the mind of O.C. Lee and let him tell us whether or not Jared Parker has been holding out in preparation for this game and what tricks might he have up his sleeve come Saturday night. We'll get to that. But first, remember that we are on CFE Nation presented by Twisted. Give me the elegant every time. Man. Audio edibles each and every day. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You know how we do. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We We spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is going to be one of the 
best weekends of the college football season. Ohio State plays at Notre Dame, Florida State at Clemson, Colorado at Oregon, UCLA at Utah, Ole Miss at Alabama, and Iowa at Penn State are just some of the big-time games this weekend. And if you're still looking for last-minute tickets to any of these huge games, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CFBNATION for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem code CFBNATION for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Now, <clears throat> I got to clear the air left. First of all, how you doing, man? How was your day so far? Busy getting my TVs put up on the wall, making sure everything's straight, but preparing for this weekend. Uh, we in Chicago, baby. NIU versus Tulsa. Uh, check us out, CBS. We'll be there again, and try to make sure we're ready for everything. So, can I clear the air on something? We got to. I had a very interesting uh, conversation on the IB message board this morning. Every morning, as part of my process, I go to the IB message board. And the majority of time left, I don't even like respond or reply. I usually just go down and hit, you know, the thanks or the like button on comments. Like um, like little baby said, you hear nothing, see you yeah. see everything, hear nothing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. See everything, yeah. see nothing, hear everything, but hear nothing. Yeah. So, you know, I am on the board all the time, right? Sometimes I reply to something that's funny or like an, <clears throat> a GIF or something like that. But the majority of the time, I'm just, yo, hitting the thanks like button. But this morning, I saw someone had started a thread. Concerning Coach Alfred and Carnell reaching out to both of us during our show last night. So I was like, man, let me check out the thread. I go into the thread and someone makes a comment that to me was ambiguous in the sense of it came across like a shot at the podcast. 
And so I asked the question, right? Because it was under the guise of, you know, research and podcasts doing research and having topics or knowing what they're talking about along those lines. No direct quote or anything. And um, it's funny because, in my opinion, it was written ambiguous because there were above it people like cracking jokes because I guess B. Driss had actually posted that Ohio State podcast said that Sam Hartman has to get the ball to Michael Mayer or whatever. Basically saying, like, they don't even know who's on our team this year or whatever. Like, they don't even know who's on the team. So it's cool. So I just asked the question. Like, yo, man, we don't research this, that, and other. And the reply came back. Like, man, I'm not taking a personal shot at you. And I'm like, nobody mentioned a personal shot. Like, what are you talking? I just asked a question. Right? So if that person was talking about the ops or the Ohio State podcast, the reply would have been very simple to say, yo, Sean, I'm talking about Ohio State. Right. That wasn't a reply. The reply was about a personal shot at me. Then the IB umbrella was brought up. Like, you still work for IB, right? And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, my question to you was about LL and research and that and you and everything could have been cleared if you had just said yo i'm talking about ohio state podcast not yours okay cool but the Ooh. replies added to the ambiguity in my opinion right so finally i just said look man you said what you said it's cool left it alone right and then somebody else comes along and they just like go left because they try to go in on you. And I'm like, they're like, well, he asked. I'm like, dude, I what I've didn't ask you anything. That's that was just in your heart. And you just had a reason or an excuse to release it. That's why you did that. Like, yo. That's your opinion, fine. You know, like, man, I I never suck up to an athlete. Like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, that's not even the core of the conversation. Like, you you got something in your heart. You felt like you needed to let it loose, and you let it loose, right? But that's neither here nor there. The point I want to get to is that, you know, someone tried to imply that every time they see me on the message board, I'm going at somebody. And I'm glad somebody else came behind that and was like, no, 
it's pretty consistent that people put up threads about LL or a certain show on this message board and the thread ends up going left with people talking about not liking the podcast or not liking Malik. And I'm like, exactly, it happens all the time. Or people act people acting like Brian Driscoll is like my daddy or something. And if they, they go love, tell they love, to, they love to do that. They love if they if they go tell him what I said, somehow I'm gonna get checked or something. It's like, dude, I'm I'm a professional. Anytime I have to say something that may be damaging to Malik or Irish breakdown, because it's my opinion, you will always hear me say. The, the next words you hear are the opinions and thoughts of Sean Davis and Sean Davis only. I've done it a ton of times. I know how to deal with that. But it's getting to the point now where it's like, yo, the thread was literally about, like, yo, this is a cool moment. It's Ohio State week. Da, 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 da. And by the end of it, the third page, like it just had gone left. Cats attacking Malik. All types of stuff. It's like, man, come on, man. But it happens consistently. It constantly happens. It constantly happens. And we are very well aware of the makeup of the people that tune in, right? We have people that clearly rock with LL Nation and what we do. We have people that sparingly tap in because of the affiliation with CFB Nation and IB Nation, right? And then you just have, you know, people from other pro that are fans of Ohio State, USC, joining the show timing in. And we're very well aware that we are like an acquired taste honestly but we're cool with that we're very cool with that you know so that's why it's a running joke on this show that anytime we say something controversial we come right behind that and say yeah i'm sure that'll be on the message board tomorrow that's because that's just the way it is. But look, at the end of the day, the individual that I originally had the conversation with, because I disagreed with his explanation, was, you know, you're calling me a liar. You know, what you calling me out. I'm like, dude, I'm not calling you out. You explained. I don't see it that way at this moment i didn't call i didn't say you a cap i didn't say you're a liar i didn't call you out your name you explain then somebody else came back and said yo it wasn't even about you and i'm like look i hear what you're saying i disagree i reserve that right to disagree I've reserved the right 
at a later time to say, you know what? I changed my mind. Nobody's calling anybody out. Yeah, you know, I think that's what happens when you get on the internet, man. And people take things they take the way they do when they sitting in their room reading off things and talking their perspective on it. So and it's not, it has nothing to do with Irish breakdown. Let me tell you something, man. I want to be very clear with this. ID Nation, LL Nation, whatever podcast you watch, you can't run and tell Brian Driscoll about me. And you can't come on this podcast and say something about him. Like, I just corrected somebody two shows ago that was talking about Brian Driscoll on this podcast in the chat. I don't play that. It's not happening. That's right. So, once again, what was said was said with, yo, ambiguity, like I said. And it is what it is. It was a conversation. That's all it was. And a person felt like I was over here like steaming with red eyes. And I'm like, it's not even that serious. Right. But I, man, I asked a question because I wanted clarity. And that's it. Usually so, when you ask the right question and it hit the right spot, people get upset. No, it was just the response that came back. You know what I'm saying? It was almost like, I'm not coming directly at you. If I wanted to come directly at you, I would have done it this way. Like, dude, if that wasn't the direction you were going, just say, yo, I was talking about Ohio State podcast. Like, you're getting snippy. And I'm like, yo. Relax. Yeah, it's like, all right, man. That's why I just said, cool. Leave it alone. But I just wanted to be clear on that, man. I just wanted to be clear on that. Like, dude, don't. People crazy. Man, I want to be clear. It wasn't that big of a deal. I don't agree. I reserve that right. Nobody was saying anybody is a liar and all of that other stuff. Man, relax. Keep it moving. And I said on the thread, like people disagree with my opinion every day on this platform. And I don't feel like until people make it personal, what do I say, Lev? You can say what you want to say. You can disagree with what I say, with what Lev says. But the moment you make it personal and start like 
saying stuff about either one of us, that's when it becomes a problem. And right. nothing, nothing ever became personal today. Nothing in the whole thread. It was a conversation. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Let's get to some video. Sam Hartman and Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman talked about this year's game or this year in comparison to last year. You have some questions on really what was our identity. This is game one, right? What was our identity on offense? Similar to this year, game one, you don't know until you face an opponent. Um, but we know what we can do offensively after four games, and, and we're not going to go rapid speed now. Uh, I don't want to go up-tempo and go as fast as we can. And, you know, it's complimentary football. And so the ability for our defense, what we want to do is make sure that, you know, we limit the big plays, right? We want them to have to truly drive down the field and we limit those big plays. And, and offensively, we want to have success. And we, we're not going to go, again, throw deep balls every play. Like it's complimentary football. And we still want to win time of possession and those type of things that, that, that really factor into your success. Um, but the mindset is different because you know more about your team this year than you did last year for game one. Hmm. I think knowing he definitely means it has a point when he says knowing yourself better, but then it also has a mentality shift of being the aggressor because you know yourself better. So you know what you're good at, know what you're not so good at. And I think it's important that, yeah, you don't just want to go out there and try to go bombs away. You got to play uh, strategically smart enough that both sides of the football are not uh, getting more, more wore down than the other, meaning, one side has 40 plays, the other has 100 plays, right? You want to be able to have a nice balance to where you're not giving the defense just a bunch of three and outs. You're creating drives around the defense, get a rest, and the defense making some good three and out stops that we convert on those turnovers, you know, on those uh, uh, turnover on downs, on, the th uh, on three and outs, on different things. Then capitalizing in moments is how you play great complementary football. So they would be all right, honestly. And if you think about it also, Marcus Freeman knows that he doesn't want to overhype the moment for his team, and he wants to harp on that. We've been here and we're grown as a team too to be able to take on these moments differently than the years before. This is a this is a totally different football team from a, a mindset. And, and honestly, we've played the best we could have played gearing up up until this Ohio State game. So those three games that we that we had, it wasn't a, a break in consistency. It wasn't a break or a lack of focus where we got close to getting upset. We took care of business the three games before, so it shows that we prepared to get into a big game and nothing shocked us, right? We're not just having an anomaly where we don't, you know, we have a turnover problems or we're not being able to do the – things that we were normally doing because we couldn't find a rhythm, we couldn't find consistency. So, so I think it's important that we just continue as a team to focus on this is another game, but it's also more important that we focus on attention to detail. Physicality is going to be the difference in this football game, especially in the trenches. And that's what Marcus Freeman uh, mentality shift, I think, 
that he wants to focus on is that that physicality, we can bring it this year in the running game, uh, physicality at a receiver's outside, we can really make it happen. So um, that's where I'm at with it. He has to be confident, left, Because basically reading between the lines, he's saying we were able to be physical last year and compete, and I didn't even know my team. Now I know my team much better. And I know we're going to be able to compete in the trenches. But we got weapons now on the outside to make play. That's, you know, and he was letting everybody know, yeah, we got weapons, but don't get it twisted. We're still trying to control time of possession. We're still trying to be physical. And we're going to still run this rock. Yeah. We will still run this rock. And I think as long as we don't shy away from what we do on a day-to-day basis to make our offense go, I mm-hmm. think it would be fine. We should let our style do the talking instead of trying to play beyond our means or do something out in the ordinary just because it's a top-10 matchup. Plus, I think Ohio State has a lot more to worry about going into this game than we do as opposed to last year. Left, LL Nation, excuse me. I'm sorry. Left, I forgot that I was in the middle of cooking dinner when we started the show. Last night, you inspired me. I went and got two more Chuck eyes. <laughs> I went and got two more Chuck eyes. That's right. And, and see, my wife, she just started this. Uh, she does a program every year. <clears throat> This workout regimen. She gets up at four in the morning, hits the classes, you know, starts her day, and her diet is very uh, regimented. So I help her out, you know, doing the cooking. So I made some turkey sliders for her. Mm. I did some turkey sliders loaded with with onions, green peppers. Yeah, I put those inside the turkey sliders. Hawaiian rolls. Yes. With the Hawaiian rolls, yes, yes, but she can't have the Hawaiian rolls. Oh, I can, she can, and you know, I'm sitting here doing the show, and you know, you know, I hear something, yeah, you know, because I had some corn on the cob boiling, so you know, I hear something, I'm like, oh snap, so I had to run to the kitchen, you know, flip the chuck eyes. You know, Check I finished out. the turkey. I, I finished the turkey yeah, sliders before yeah. we started the show. Yeah, had yeah, to yeah. turn the corn on the cob off. I was like, man, I almost messed up. I almost messed up. See, I like that. Notre Dame. I like that menu, man. That turkey slider menu. That's something nice for dinner. If you haven't had it, man, the turkey sliders, or you can get re- really exotic and mix the turkey meat with like ground chuck. Or like ground filet mignon. You never had to butcher ground ground up the filet. Yeah, with, but with the turkey meat though. Yeah, you blend it. Blend really? It. Yeah, like you could do it with the with the uh, sliders, and you could do it with the meatloaf. I did not know you could. Blend yes, turkey. yes. Combine the two, because a lot of people combine the pork with the beef and the meatloaf. Okay, I pork with the beef and the meatloaf. Okay, I know right. that. Well, what? Know that what? Why can't you do turkey with what's the difference? I've seen people do turkey with ground. I see you baking turkey. Yeah. 
Yeah. You put the bacon and turkey together. Okay. You can probably do that as well. I probably could have done some uh, nice little, use some bacon, crisp, uh, made it crisp, yeah. Yeah. chopped it up in there. Absolutely. So, okay. you know, that's why I've, I've been stepping away, it. man. Had to make sure, sure. No, to make sure dinner straight. It's a good reason, man. Really good reason. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. So we're talking about putting the meal together. Notre Dame and their offensive meal come up in about 15 minutes. Malik is going to tell you whether or not Jared Parker has been holding out. And if so, what does he have up his sleeve early on for Ohio State? Let's get back to it. Sam Hartman. Ooh, boy. Sam Hartman, you know it's serious when Sam Hartman takes the podium right after Marcus Freeman leaves. That's right. We usually don't hear from the players until like today or tomorrow. Yeah. Sam Hartman stepped up. Hey, what are your thoughts on this game? It's a big game. It's the biggest game you ever played in, Sam. Game, um, obviously, you know, any game, college game day, whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, I think it's huge opportunity for us as a, as a program and as a team, um, you know, to go out there and, and show what we got. And um, obviously a really challenging opponent, a historically um, great pro- opponent, great football program, um, and another, and like ourselves, as a great uh, football university. So I think it's just a clash of two football greats that growing up, you know, you, you kind of think about and, and look at those games of, you know, Ohio State and all the other big ones that you're like, you know, that, that'd be a cool game to play in. And so... Um, it's exciting. Um, it is a big game. I think to shy away from that is, is foolish, but um, I think it's it's going to be like every week. Is it going to be about us executing at the highest level and, and like Coach Reem probably already said, reaching our full potential? Everybody else, everybody else might have to calm him down. Malik, you tell me all the time, when you're at Notre Dame, when you get to the big games, you really don't feel it because you're everyone's big game. That's talking to you, other players. You guys say it all the time. Hey, 
When we get the big games, that's nothing for us. If we play Navy, that's their that's their big game. Every year. Whoever we play on our schedule, we're we're their big game. So all the Notre Dame players that were recruited, they're like, okay. We played Clemson. We Saturday night, we know what the atmosphere is going to be like. Sam Hartman is the one that early on, Jared Parker with his play calling, the offensive line with their protection, they're going to have to make sure that he works and what works his way into the game. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is definitely an opportunity. Sam is definitely fit within the culture of the understanding that these games are just another notch on the belt as a Notre Dame player. We travel more than any other team in the country, traveling from California to Virginia and everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. So the the ups to ante, you know, you 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 instantly understand where you are and what it means to be a Notre Dame football player when you're traveling on the way games, when you're playing at home even, because teams are just extra inspired when they play Notre Dame, no different with Ohio State for us. It's just another game that I think Marcus Freeman has prepared the team for well enough and knows well enough about his team on what he can get away with and what he needs to be worried about. And for Ohio State, you know, they're they're accustomed to big games through their traditional history in the past 10 years, but their quarterback isn't. Mm -hmm. Ryan Day isn't too big into too many games due to the fact that he still can't beat Michigan. So I think that with Ohio State and the and the youth they have, I think mm-hmm. they're more um, psychologically at a disadvantage than we are going into this game. And they're coming here, a night game. I think it's going to be everything Ohio State can handle, especially early on. Now, if this was a away game I mean, for Ohio State, like week eight, you know, close to the end of the season, they're probably more accustomed to the, the field. But because this is their away game or something on a level they haven't seen all season so far, especially the quarterback, it's definitely going to add a psychological factor that can give us an advantage and overall help us in this in this game where I think we can pull it off. Hmm. It's not a matter of pulling it off for me, Lab. Okay. It's, it's just really not. Like, I just don't think Notre Dame is that much of an underdog on Saturday. No, I mean, pulling it off as in, you know, beating this team and pulling off what. Oh, just, you know, just get the win, get the dub. Yeah. Many people don't believe this is any different than the years before, but we have the better quarterback, so it just changes instantly. I actually was listening to uh, B. Drisk and Ryan a little bit earlier, and they made a good point. They were they were saying, like, yo, watch out, because if Notre Dame wins Saturday night, you know, the first thing people are going to say is, well, this isn't a – the typical Ohio State team. Oh, oh, they're definitely, definitely, definitely gonna say you know that. what I'm saying. They don't have they don't have a big time quarterback. They don't have this, just you know, same excuse people 
are going to give when Alabama loses this year. Well, this isn't your typical Alabama team, you know. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, and that's why we we don't pay attention to the to the people we beat, you know, because it's about us. So we beat Ohio State. They can give all the excuses in the world, but guess what? We're still riding on that all the way until we get to the other couple of big games we have this year. But and we're going to make it happen because if winning this is just a step in identifying what type of team we are in order to get through these playoffs and potentially win a championship because Ohio State will be somewhere in the top 12, hopefully. You know, a loss to us, a loss to um, a loss to us, a loss to Michigan, and a loss to Penn State. They'll probably put you down in the bottom 25. That's probably, we haven't seen them there in a while, but it's potential. You yeah. know, I think it's more potential for them to be that than for us to lose two out of three of our big games. So, something to think about. Sam was asked about that Ohio State defense. With them, is, is their kind of uh, quarterbacks of their defensive linebacking cores, um, you know, two really stout players that have played a lot of football. Um, obviously, it really just encompasses, encompasses their front seven. Um, you know, a lot of experience, a lot of talent there, and their secondaries, again, brought back a lot of guys from last year that are all extremely talented. And so, um, you know, we know we have a challenge on our hand, and, um, you know, they, they do a lot of things up front, very multiple. And so, um, again, you know, going into this game, it's going to be a, a battle for all four quarters, and they're going to bring it, and they got a lot of experience as well. So, um, you know, it's an exciting challenge, but not something that we're going to take lightly. They are very experienced at the linebacker position, very experienced at the safety position as well. When you talk about ransom and you talk about Proctor, very aggressive. Very aggressive at the safety position. They love to get in on the running game. So yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's that's definitely something you don't see early. Yeah. Probably see them try to get into it early. Their linebackers yeah. come, they come downhill aggressively, and their defensive linemen, they're not trying to hold the offensive line. They're trying to penetrate. So it's aggression from the entire defense. And uh, Jim knows this is his second year. You know, you expect the defense to play faster because they know the defense a little bit better. So expect a very aggressive Ohio State defense front to back Saturday night. Yeah, but the difference between that, what they're doing is that Sam has seen these looks before. So mm-hmm. last year, Tyler Buckner hadn't seen a ton of looks quite like that. I thought it was a disadvantage due to the fact that I thought he should have played a little bit more considering future of what we were doing. You know, if we played Tyler Buckner against the Fiesta Bowl, would have been great experience from a look-wise coming into Ohio State game the next year, mm. which it didn't. So three points was a result of that the following year. And I do think that now we got a guy who's seen it all, been through it all, where these looks are not going to uh, affect him to the point where we can't operate and get down the field. Yeah, they're going to play with more aggression, but – you know, good for us. We have a good enough attack, a point of attack ourselves uh, where our receivers are getting involved in the run game and Aldrich is who he is, and then they have to do it all four quarters. So 
for two guys to handle three or four talented running backs coming at you all game, y'all better have some depth that is just as physical because, I mean, you can only go so long trying to play the run with us before you start getting run over the top or getting uh, tired of tackling. Because, you know, we can rotate Aldrick and still have some great effect in the run game. It's not like we just Aldrick or nothing. And I think that that's where it shows problems for Ohio State because it's how long can you keep that up and then balance the secondary, which has been faulty uh, in these last couple weeks. Even last year was super faulty. Mm-hmm. And and how that's going to affect in the game because now you, you got to – be aware that we can definitely get down the field throwing the football. Sam Hart, and your opinion left. I wish this was a tunnel game. I would love, I'm, I'm saying it right now. I hate that Ohio State has a place to run out. Yeah. I hate it. Because there's a certain mentality that I want Notre Dame to have Saturday night. I don't want Notre Dame to have an underdog mentality. I want Notre Dame to have, man, you, this is our house. This is our house. We're the better team. And we're about to show you. That's right. So I, I, I Man, I need this to be an old school one tunnel game. Well, they both teams are in the tunnel, and Notre Dame is like chirping. Yeah, like, we gotta yeah. do something. Yeah, we gotta we gotta have that type of belief. Like, look at a team like Colorado who uses that to their advantage. You know, they're not afraid to get on the middle of the field and talk a little bit. They're not afraid to uh, feel the way they feel in the media and, and go about the way they do. Now, we may not do it to that extent, but it shows that what it can do for the belief factor of your team. I mean, you come back down 11 in the, was it 11 in the third, 11 in the fourth? It, it's because you got some of that juice that's still left from the beginning where, you know, you came out as the aggressor. You came out as the one that's wanting to win, that's competitive. That's not just saying, oh, you know, the overly humble stuff. I just think put water on the fire and you can't get the same energy when you damper it early on. So it's going to be interesting. I think Ohio State, they have to decide who they want to be in terms of are we the over, are we going to be the physical team or the bully in this game? Or are we going to be the team that's trying to keep Ohio, Notre Dame's offense off the field? I can only imagine to have so much ego to think that a team that scored on average 47 points isn't capable of scoring a lot of points against you guys to where you're trying to go shot for shot for us. I think if you look at a Notre Dame football team defensively scouting it, you're going to be like, well, maybe it will be better if the offense tries to take time to keep us off the field. When has that ever been a thing? So underratedly, nobody's talking about that, is that maybe Ohio State is not the best offense in the game. They have to play a little conservative because if you look at the tape and look at the numbers and look at how we're scoring, you would say this can get out of hand. 
if we out here possibly trying to go score for score with this team, it could possibly get out of hand. So we might have to try to run the ball early to keep Sam Hartman off the field. Wow. We got to – That's interesting. You know, Coffee's for, uh, closer says, uh, what personnel grouping for Indy will scare OSU since we don't have anyone to take – first of all, OSU – it, OSU was about to – OSU, we've been saying this since the spring. OSU is going to play man-to-man. The safeties are going to be down in the box. You ain't do. Regardless of – that's what they do. That's what they do. Michigan doesn't have receivers that really take the top off of Cornelius Johnson had a 70-yard touchdown off a, uh, a hitch yeah. last year. It's like – Off a hitch route. Like the so, reason Georgia was able to hit so many deep passes is because Ohio State's – Ohio State A.D. Daniels hit that cat ransom in the fourth quarter when Georgia was down, I think, 11. And they scored on like two plays. It was AD Daniels. Yeah. Man, he, boy, he put a a move on ransom. It was like, yo, that that why? Because Ohio That's State so safeties, they do. They squat and they play the run game. That's what they do. Squat. You yeah. don't you don't have to have superior speed to take the top off. Just know when to hit them. And no one had, yeah. And Notre Dame had deep opportunities last year. Last year. That they couldn't take advantage of because of Tyler Buckman. The game was definitely closer when you think about plugging in a better player. Yeah. You put a better player in a situation like last year's game, it's it's not three to 21. Hmm. And remember, it was 14 all the way up until, what, the end of the third or something crazy? The last touchdown was scored at the end when it was like, okay. I believe, no. Did Ohio State take the lead moments before the end of the third or at the it beginning was, of the was, fourth? I think it was yeah, the beginning it, of the it, fourth. Beginning of the fourth. Yeah. Other than that, it was, it was a – Within reach game the entire time with the quarterback that y'all had that's going number one in the number two in the draft quarterback we had that's going number two in his depth chart at Alabama. Hey, so it's different to keep it a buck. I think CJ made some passes on third down. I'm talking about the accuracy. Like one third down, we had pressure on him and forced him to run to his right, and he hit a receiver on the sideline, bro. The Notre Dame defender's hand was right there, and the ball just like went by his fingertips and right to the hands of the wide receiver. I mean, that's that's pretty special. That's special. Hey, CJ looks pretty good for the Texans too. I'm gonna keep it a buck. You thought so? They yeah, lost. he ball he balled out Sunday, bro. They lost though. 
Losing is good sometimes, man. It'll be a top 10 pick this year. Hey, the Bears are about to have the top two picks in the draft. For real. I was clapping last night while I was watching the Panthers like, this is beautiful. This is absolutely beautiful. And then I get to watch the Bears in Kansas City next Sunday like, this is beautiful, boy. Another loss? Man, boy, we're going to have the first two picks in the draft, bro. Listen, the Panthers are going to get better. Unfortunately, when? this year. Bryce Young is going to grow faster through the season. Who are they going to beat, though? They're going to beat their division. At least they're going to beat the Falcons. They just lost to their division last night. Yeah, the Saints The Saints will finish second. Hmm? The Saints will finish second in the division because of Derek Carr. But Derek Carr is not a winner. We all know that. So he can't finish first. He'll find a way to get halfway and end up being having some shoddy games. And then they plan for second or third, but they definitely can get to the first spot in their division. Mm. Bears are gonna have the first two picks in the draft, bro. Lucky Lucky Podcast. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Tony Jones and group last night with the New Orleans Saints getting it done. I like that. So, last but not least, Sam Hartman was talking about offense and a little bit of other stuff. Feel all the same emotions because you want to succeed, you want to play well, and I think that's, um, you know, everyone in this room when you have a big due date or a big big important deadline to hit you know you feel the nerves you feel the excitement you feel whatever you feel um and a lot of it's just uh, the want to to be the best to have success and improve um people right or wrong in whatever regard and um I mean I think my you know again it's a lot of it just revolves around the confidence I have walking into the Goog um with the people that are around me starting with coach Freeman down to the very bottom um, I think that's that's where I find it, and so that's kind of what I rely on. I mean, I think experience is experience, but I mean, every play you play is going to be different than the last, and so it's just going to be about trusting the guys around me, and, and you know, knowing that the support group around me is is really really talented, and, and they believe in me, and I believe in them. I love Notre Dame coming into this game without a guy like Michael Mayer, like we have to feature him. This is not a feature offense. This is an offense where it can be anybody at any point in time, at any point in the game, on any drive. And I love that. I love the multidimensional approach with this offense and Sam Hartman and how he is able to you know, like a point guard or a quarterback that properly distribute the football. I think it's huge. That's one of the things that Jim Knowles has to be worried about, knowing, yo, this guy here, 
They can get it done. They can get it done. So it's not like last year where we're, okay, we double Michael Mayer. We stacked the box to stop the run. We should be fine. Hmm. Hey, if you want to take that same approach this year, go ahead and choose your poison. Go right ahead. Choose your poison. You could die a slow death, run game, or Sam can carve you up. And before you know it, it's a, it's a double-digit deficit in South Bend. It just creeps up on you. Ask Clemson. Happens. Just like that. All of a sudden, the crowd is in the game. Yo. So, I don't know what happened to left. I think he froze. All right. A couple of questions before we transition. Lilo Galante, SD, you think Clifton Garrett was better than Miles Morgan coming out of Illinois? Remember, Garrett went to LSU, then transferred to UAB. Um, at that point in time, I don't think anybody was better. You remember, that's that Laquan Treadwell, Miles Morgan squad that won state. And I mean, Miles was a dude. I talked about it the other day. You know, everybody was like, yo, Joe Smith is irreplaceable. And by the time Niles got to his second start, mid-second half, nobody was thinking about Joe Smith. They just weren't. So that's Niles Morgan all day. Uh, I have another question, but I'll wait for Malik to get back in. Coming up, Malik's going to talk about Jared Parker and what he might have up his sleeve. I want to play one more clip. This one of Marcus Freeman. And uh, talking about, I don't know if this is controversial. We played it last night, but it still sticks out to me. It's kind of like, huh? Somebody's going to ask me about it, Blake. Sacks. Everybody keeps talking about sacks, sacks, sacks. I told Coach Golden, man, we're number one in the country in pass efficiency defense. And so that's the stat I'm worried about. I'm not worried about sacks. The pressure that we're getting is great. Like sacks will come. And I don't want our players overly concerned about sacks because that that's an individual, truly individual stat. That really doesn't matter. Like, I want to be number one in pass efficiency defense. I don't know who's number one in sacks, but I want to be number one in pass efficiency defense. That's a great stat. And so they've been working and doing really well. And, you know, sacks are, are a result of a lot of different things, you know. But um, I, I was really happy with, with the way our defense performed in the pass game, um, you know, to, to limit that, that offense to what we did. It was really, really good. Pleased to see. Yeah, I can't hear you, love. I can't hear you. Can you guys hear him? Because I can't hear him. Maybe it's me. Yeah, come back in. Okay. It wasn't just me then. That's the thing. His mic wasn't muted. <clears throat> so hopefully he'll be back in shortly so we can finish this thing up. 
Yeah, man, you can't trust these TV people, man. They be unplugging cords and stuff that unplug the Wi-Fi on me. But, yeah, man, like I was saying, Marcus Freeman it talked about sacks not being the most important thing that he's worried about. It should be. But in this game, he has some credence because I don't think they're going to put the ball in Kyle McCord's hands to win necessarily. So, yeah, we may get some sacks that may disrupt some drives, but I think tackling in the open field, being able to not let guys make plays outside of catching or running the football mm-hmm. is to a minimum so they have to drive <clears throat> the field, make it hard on them. I think that's where the game is going to be won at. And then, like you said, Marcus Freeman talked about pass efficiency. Yeah, that's going to be great for third down. Uh, but I don't think this team is going to be too vertical down the field on us. But if they are, it's because we're blitzing way too much, and hopefully we can make that adjustment in the middle of the game. Yeah, Al Golden, he did way too much in the fourth quarter last year. So hopefully he has a much better game. Even though Al Golden – it was a pretty good game plan last year defensively. I'm not mad at it. In I mean, you get, yeah, they, they got 21 points, you know, and then the score late. Nothing to be too mad at. It's just obviously not scoring more than double digits makes it look a little worse. But the game plan definitely had C.J. Stroud thinking a lot more than he did the rest of the season. I mean, even yeah. Mitchell didn't hold him to 21. Yeah. Oh, I think for us, Marcus Freeman, I mean, uh, Al Golden to be able to create a game plan to get Kyle McCord looking at some different things, I think it would be a lot easier of a task considering he hasn't seen much since being a four-game starter. But I also think that it's going to, they're going to rely on, on the team to win this game. So the run game is going to be important. Uh, throwing the ball on the outside is going to be huge. They're going to find a way to get Marvin Harrison involved so what does our rotation look like on uh covering marvin harrison jr is it going to be ben morrison all game where you guys going to rotate throughout quarters uh but that's 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 the game plan i think there was a question for you left yeah Just make sure i don't forget michael morris lefty how different is the message the coach gives to the team compared to the one he gets to the fans and media I would hope it would be a little more lively. You know, I can imagine Marcus Freeman being a little more colorful in his approach to the team, but it's something that resonates to the team specifically. Like, obviously, he's not trying to rally the fans and the media up to go play a game. So it's definitely some different word choices and different messaging in terms of, you know, playing for the guy next to you, that whole thing that gets the team riled up. But I just genuinely believe Marcus uh, Freeman just pulls out his player card in those moments where he's addressing the team before a game where he can relate and he says the right things to relate as opposed to a coach just trying to just uh, sway a team to overcome a challenge. I think Marcus Freeman would talk more like a player because he's not too far removed from what a player would think in this moment. And I think that type of uh, rhetoric can help a team like us in a game like this, feel calm yeah. enough to go out there and do what they're supposed to. Yeah. 